Welcome once again to Refresher, the pop culture therapy podcast. I'm Chris Levine, and I'll be your host again this time around. Music videos. Music videos. Music videos to Generation X are like all parts of this nutritious breakfast are to 80s cereal commercials. You'd have your grapes, your juice, maybe a nice cut of peach. But what they were actually selling was the Cocoa Puffs. So, like, they had to add the grapes, the juice, and the peach to be able to say that it was even remotely nutritious. It was a case of nutrition by association. But you know what? We believed them back then. Why? Because we loved our Cocoa Puffs. That said, my friends, you have found yourself in the fourth episode of our series, Music Videos That Help Build Generation X. This time, we are venturing into the 90s. Ooh, the 90s. When men started to care about a woman's thoughts in their songs instead of just singing about their hotness. The tone literally and musically changed. Quickly. And it was an abrupt out with the old and in with the new situation with only a few survivors pushing through the door that Kurt built. Let's get into this, shall we? By the way, I'm not going chronological. We're going to hit some more 80s as as we go in this series, but just felt like doing the 90s this time. Number one, Smashing Pumpkins with Cherub Rock. When I first heard this song, the audio was so incredibly heavy. It was mesmerizing. And here's the thing. The first time I heard it, I saw it. And the visuals with their distortions and the quick shots were like, it it was like the song was a steak and the video was a Beaujolais. The lead singer was a rock star, but here's the thing. He could have been me. I could have had his hair and I dressed like him at the time. No spandex, no leather, but somehow he was a rock star. His presence was still very intact. Then I noticed a couple other things. For example, they had an impossibly cool and stylish Asian guitar player and a young blonde female bassist. This was not the MTV of the last decade, but I immediately wanted more. So the first one, Smashing Pumpkins with Cherub Rock. Now the second music video, It almost looked like the first one, but put on a much faster speed. It's Rusty Cage by Soundgarden. I am now noticing a trend. The bassist and the drummer, again, they had looks that I could pull off. And the guitarist here was clearly an Indian man. Normal, multicultural people rocking their brains out and melting our faces. The singer was like a postmodern, super cool Ronnie James Dio. 
And the next thing I'm hearing and seeing is just huge. It would affect both me and Generation X forever, be it subtly or like, in my case, head on. See, up until now, if you were down with the punk, you could not admit to liking metal. You can pretend like you like both, but most, at least in Southern California, had to make a choice. And metalheads rarely delved into the punk. Now, the only maybe one that was able to break that barrier was Motorhead. At least that's where I came from. But what was going on here? Now, metal was unapologetically being meld together with punk. And just like the visuals, something altogether new was happening. But it still felt like home if you were into the punk or if you were into the metal. This is a big deal, culturally, musically. Now, number three was a special one for me personally. I saw the Red Hot Chili Peppers before they would have ever been considered to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I just was in the right place at the right time. I remember seeing them at a little place called the Ventura Theater that seated about a thousand people and it wasn't full. You know, people wondered at the time how this crazy, funky little band even got a record deal. But by the time that I saw our pick for this list, they were megastars. Anthony was not rapping so much anymore. He still did, but, but he's singing now. And it was working. And the music was lush. And the artistry in the other time and space, colorful and just plain different video that I was undertaking was breathtaking. The video was for the song Breaking the Girl. Seeing that, it was like, dude, they really, really made it. You know, their prior music to me was fun, soulful, definitely energetic. This was art, undeniably so. The number four video clearly borrowed heavily from the early 80s. And it was kind of refreshing to see. In fact, we are going to have an entire list of videos from the 80s that look like this in a future episode. It, it was almost like running unexpectedly into an old friend when you saw this. It was that totally washed out white background music video, which was a total staple in the 1980s, especially for those where their budgets weren't so high. And this band pulled it off here. The band was Stone Temple Pilots and the song Big Bang Baby. And also, there just happened to be two guys in psychedelic shirts and plastic gorilla heads fighting and smashing bottles on each other's heads. And the band members smiling like ironic teen heartthrobs in four giant hearts. Nice work, Stone Temple Pilots. The fifth video could not have made a 19-year-old male happier in 1992. It, it, it just was perfect. It was perfect. Sorry, it was perfect. I say that a lot. I say that's I say mesmerizing a lot too. Blah, 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 blah. The sky in the video has a, a photo negative effect. 
and they stuck the camera at ground level. And these three dudes just threw down. We, of course, are talking about So What You Want by the Beastie Boys. It was one of the first music videos to feature slow motion action, but somehow they kept the artist remaining in sync while they were rhyming with the soundtrack. At the time, what looked cooler than this? Seriously, maybe now, maybe it's been more nostalgic because of the age I am and all that, but at the time, what looked cooler than this? Number six, another blend of a band who didn't hide the punk or the metal, Pearl Jam, and their song was Alive. Cool thing, uh, the version of the song heard in the clip on the video is actually being played in the concert rather than being a, a lip sync from the record version. That is a very 90s statement. I remember, for example, the Pixies on Here Comes Your Man in that music video literally leaving their mouths open the whole time instead of lip syncing. Realness was applauded in the 1990s, especially in the early 1990s. Number seven. This is a little tricky because the song by Jane's Addiction was recorded in the 1980s. The song, of course, is Jane Says. But the video on this list for the song was a live version that came out in the 90s. So how do you keep a four minute and 52 second song interesting when basically it's only two chords? Great lyrics, iconic vocals, steel drums, and in this case, an extended percussive introduction. Watching this video live was as captivating as hearing the song. And there's generally, there's one big reason for this, in my opinion. Not that the band as a whole was not wonderful, but Perry Farrell knows how to make an entire crowd feel like collectively they are being petted like a lap dog next to him on a very comfortable couch. So number seven, I use the kettle whistle live version of the video of Jane Says by Jane's Addiction. The original song, if there was a video, I don't think I've ever seen it. Number eight, one of the coolest videos ever. It's pure simplicity, but it's shot so stylish and takes yet another normal looking 90s dude and makes him larger than life. The artist is Beck. The song, Devil's Haircut. Do you remember this? This video was drop-dead cool. Simply a guy walking through the city with a cowboy hat and a boombox shot so professionally that it looks like a fashion statement from beginning to end. And in the last few moments when they focus in on those guys that had been spying on him the entire time, good move. It was just so awesome. But again, this guy could walk past you on the street at the time you would not have thought Rockstar, but guess what happened? The video made him one. That is powerful filmmaking. 
And then when you throw in the Brooklyn Dust Brothers to produce the track as the soundtrack, that's pretty impeccable. Number nine is easily the most charming song on this list. Maybe on any of them. It's so wonderful. It's Bjork with It's Oh So Quiet, directed by Spike Jones. I might do a list of just his music videos because he, he's got it down especially at the time. Wow. Anyway, Bjork, in a synopsis, emerges, emerges from a dirty washroom in a garage. She then dances along with the auto workers for the first chorus. It's like a full-on Broadway musical choreographed dancing music video. During the second chorus, she dances tap with a few people outside of the auto shop. She continues to walk along the street. She dances with several elderly women and their umbrellas. Then a mailbox comes to life and dances with her too. Then she runs down the street and into the road where the rest of the town has decided to join her for one large dance number. And the video ends with Bjork floating up above the townsfolk and hushing the viewer. This is top five music videos for me of all time. That said, it is on our list. Listen, if you only take the time to look up one video on this list that you feel you haven't seen, choose this one. Finally, number 10. I picked it on purpose, and I, I wanted it to be the last one because of its impact. It's Nirvana. And ironically, it's a cover song. It's a live acoustic unplugged performance of Where Did You Sleep Last Night by Lead Belly. The stage was decorated with stargazer lilies, black candles, and a crystal chandelier. If you don't get Kurt Cobain, watch this from beginning to end. He, too, along with the band, are basically the marriage of classic rock and punk. I would say they lean more toward punk. But in their case... I guess you could say classic rock is maybe 20% and punk is 80. <laughs> At least that's my perception. This soft song with the punch in the collective gut at the end, even though it's a blues song, to me, may have been the most punk rock thing they ever did. The Atlantic noted the song as one of the greatest live performances of all time. This is what they said. It says, for that final line, I would shiver the whole night through. Cobain jumps up an octave, forcing him to strain so far he screams and cracks. He hits the word shiver so hard that the band stops as if a fight broke out at a sitcom wedding. Next, he howls the word whole and then does something very strange in the brief silence that follows, something that's hard to describe. He opens his piercingly blue eyes so suddenly that it feels like someone or something else is looking out under the bleached fringe with a strange clarity. And there you have it. That's our list this time. I don't want to get dark, guys, but do you know what's crazy? The 80s rockers partied their heads off, but most stayed alive. Many of them are still out there touring. Yet of these 10 bands or people within the bands, 
who were way more thoughtful and subdued, six out of ten have band members that didn't make it. The pained artists died young. The carefree ones stayed alive. That's sobering to me because while I adored the 80s, I felt more like I had things in common with the 90s bands on a personal level. So did that affect me? Yes, sir. So while they inspired me in the end, they very much scared me too. We have once again arrived at the time on Refresher when we present you with a Spotify playlist to shadow our overall theme. On this series, the playlist will of course be the choices themselves. This time around then, we have for you the Refresher podcast, music videos that help build Generation X episode four playlist. You can find it really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher podcast dash music videos that help build Generation X episode four. Here's by way of reminder, the 10 songs. Number one, Smashing Pumpkins, Cherub Rock. Number two, Soundgarden, Rusty Cage. Number three, Red Hot Chili Peppers with Breaking the Girl. Number four, Stone Temple Pilots with Big Bang Baby. Number five, we had the Beastie Boys with So What You Want. Number six, Pearl Jam with Alive. Number seven, Jane's Addiction, the live version of Jane Says. Number eight, Beck with Devil's Haircut. Number nine, Bjork with It's Oh So Quiet. And number 10, Nirvana with their version of Where Did You Sleep Last Night? That, my friends, is our new playlist. Again, you can find this playlist really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast dash music videos that help build Generation X. And this is episode four. This show simply would not exist without all of you. It's fun to talk into this microphone, but it's more fun to, to catch the feedback from you guys. I'm so happy you enjoy it, and I enjoy it too. Listen, if you could all do me a favor, please continue to pass this podcast along to your friends. Maybe you could put it on your social media, whatever it is that you'd like to do. Also, if you'd like to help keep this podcast stay up and running, if you'd like, you can make a small monthly contribution just see the support this podcast link under the episode description. If you're so inclined, that would be huge. But whether you do or whether you don't, just please feel free to listen and be a part of this show anytime, as it is much yours as it is mine. Also, if you're interested in any of the books that I've written on pop culture, which include many of them, interviews with celebrities and so forth, or if you'd like to pick up some merch, such as t-shirts for this show, you can go to refresherpodcast.yolasite.com. Give us some show ideas as well, or your thoughts on your favorite videos. Refresherpodcast.yolasite.com. As always, and it will always be the case, the music that begins and ends this podcast is by the band Dive. The song is called A Day Late, and it was written by Mr. John Villafuerte. But until next time, this is Chris Levine for Refresher, the pop culture therapy podcast. Everyone, please take care and do yourself a favor. And remember, there's a big difference between worry 
and concern. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.